My wife and I, we had a lot of fun, man, for a long time. But she had this girlfriend that fucked it up. <laughs> With the big titties, you know the type of girlfriend I'm talking about, that I tried to ignore for six months. When she'd come in the house, like, Hello there, how you doing? I don't really notice your tits. Oh. I would like to be the mayor of Tit Town, if I could, okay? I'd like to, to drive a big truck full of tits down the Tit Turnpike right into the middle of Tit Town. Don't you wish the guy walking in front of us would squeeze our tits for like one second? Not an ass man. I'm a tit man. I like big ass boobs. Now and forever. Not like a black eye, Vita. Give me back the tits! Give me back the tits! On Earth. My name is Lex Jurgen. As always, I flank by Matt Ralston. This is normally the time of the show when I make a not-so-clever gay joke about Matt. But this is a new year. No longer can I stand to see Matt's girlish face pucker up like his rectum after so many trips to the Astroburger bathroom. Second stall, second stall from the back. All right. It's like I'm raping him all over again. No more. <laughs> no more, Matt. I'm turning over a new leaf. Well, Rocco's, like most establishments, now has a women's bathroom and a co-ed bathroom. We lost our bathroom on this deal, huh? Uh, oh, yeah, the new law. Well, it's not actually a law in California. Just we're, we're politically correct ahead of time. But, yeah, like the new unisex, uh, multi-sex bathrooms just means that there's no more men. There's no more men. Yeah, because that doesn't mean you – does that mean you can't also have a just-for-women's bathroom? Uh, there is no way in hell a, woman's gonna go, a, a woman is going to go into the multi-purpose bathroom. <laughs> so, basically, it's just men and, uh, and tranny men, basically. Right. I, don't, I don't even understand. That was not a, that was not a solution whatsoever. It was like they took the, the worst of both worlds, and there's no there's no one's no one's been helped by this whatsoever, except for the guys who make the signs, the placard of the guy girl sign with the half skirt, <laughs> like the half. Well, why do we need the guy girl at this point? Why not just have a, a generic person, any any fucking urethra? Uh, well, we're gonna talk about Caitlyn Jenner later, like a picture of like a, a silhouette of Caitlyn Jenner, maybe. Oh boy, like a, like a like boobs and a big hands, something like How about that. Just a dick with tits. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I don't know. If, when you're drunk, I'll go in any bathroom whatsoever. <laughs> uh, this week's show is sponsored by Azalea Banks and her deep steam cleaner. If you've been dismembering live chickens for three years in your apartment, call Azalea. She's got you covered. Assuming you're not white. Did you did you happen to see that story by any chance? Yeah, I think that's the first step before you start actually killing people is killing animals. She killed a chicken in her apartment and then said it was for her religious beliefs. Which she killed multiple chickens in her apartment. By the way, this is what this is when I used to live in an apartment building. This is what I assume was going on on all my neighbors' apartments. <laughs> Just like oh yeah, uh, yeah, you wave at the person in the laundry room, but you know they're killing chickens and they're chilling chickens back in there in three B. I would never have thought, because I know that people kill chickens. I have no problem with that. I know that people live in apartments, but it just seems like more of a, a rural activity. Well, they kill chickens for food, not for witchcraft purposes. Well, she, she was killing them for an African tribal ritual. I just figured she ate it after. I don't know if she ate the chicken or not. That might be a racist thing. But uh, <laughs> she said it was like a religious practice. And she, the, the craziest thing about this was not that she'd killed, like, it looked like dozens of chickens in this little closet in her apartment. Because there was a shitload of beaks and blood and feathers around. Mm. And it was aged. It was dried blood, so she was cleaning it. It was the fact that she did like a little Instagram video of herself, very matter-of-factly, right. cleaning up the dead animals out of her apartment. Like, either she's not, either she's nuts or she's the best like straight-faced comic ever. <laughs> no, I think she's nuts and uh, mad at someone, probably her dad. And, I mean, she'll be in prison in 10 years. I, I just It's hard with, the, it's hard with like sort of crazy people knowing they're actually like 
doing a shtick or when they're actually crazy. It was like the Andy Kaufman thing. Like, is her like her shtick? Like, she, when she goes at Russell Crowe for being like a, a lousy white musician at his own party and starts calling, yelling honky shit at him, it's hard to tell if she's actually doing a shtick or she's actually just like kind of nuts. It does seem like she's becoming really desperate to kind of stay in the uh, on the TMZ cycle. Uh, yeah, the chicken blood thing. But then again, maybe she will. Maybe she will kill somebody. She seems like a really fun person to hang out with. <laughs> like it would not. It would be a lively evening no matter what happened. And it's hard to tell. If she's actually this horrible racist, like you know, violent person who kills chickens, or she's just a stick and she's just kind of like wants attention. I wouldn't hang out with her. I, I did a gig in Inglewood last weekend. It was awesome. We went out bar hopping in Inglewood. And, uh, like deep in Inglewood, and everyone was so cool. But I feel like if I went out with her, she would get me killed. Yeah, probably would. Yeah, Inglewood, Inglewood in the hood. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter, at Last Fan Podcast, or on Facebook, also at Last Fan Podcast. All right, on the show, uh, Matt. I know you love '80s movies, so you probably love '80s professional wrestling as well. Uh, Jimmy uh, Superfly Snuka. Uh, you know what island he's from? Fiji, right? He's from Fiji. That's correct. There you go. I used to watch that. Uh, Superfly Snuka was famous for climbing to the top turnbuckle while his. Opponent lay on the ground long enough, <laughs> long enough. He required 29 seconds <laughs> flat on the ground for uh, Snooker to climb the rope, especially he got a little older. Right. Take him a long time to climb. Those and are then, not easy to climb, by the way. No, they're not easy to climb. And then he would like stand on the very top rope, which was his skill. And then he had to wait for the crowd to like cheer him on. Meanwhile, the guy on the ground is just like motionless. <laughs> like he's discombobulated, he can't get off the ground somehow in the in the X marks a spot on the on the mat. This is kind of the major flaw of all pro wrestling, right? I mean you don't just let someone suplex you without no. kicking your legs a little bit. No, and the whole theory is that like for the thirty seconds it takes him to climb to the top of the rope, the guy doesn't move like six inches. Right. If he moved he'd be too far out of range to be jumped on. So, like, survival, they're like, oh, now he's out. Like, I don't know, technically he was out for 30 seconds before. Wasn't he out before the Right. Job? I mean, what do we have a ref for at this point? <laughs> We're going to have to stop this one. The, the guy's been uh, dead <laughs> for 30 seconds. for 30 seconds on the round. Yeah, even USC <laughs> would stop that shit. Uh, but Superfly Slicker was amazing. He was, like, the, he was a Polynesian guy. He was, like, had the crazy fucking eyes. He's, he'd, he'd start sweating like crazy, like, two seconds of the match. He was already covered in sweat. And he had long, crazy, fucking stringy hair. He was a great villain and a good guy at the same time. Uh, but it turns out maybe he killed a woman <laughs> in his motel room back in 83. Yeah, in Tampa or something like that. It was uh, West, worse, Western Pennsylvania. Oh, boy. Uh, during a tour, like a tour stop on, on the wrestling, we used to go to travel around by bus. Uh, he stayed in a motel room with a girlfriend. The girlfriend was found uh, ton, dozens and dozens of bruises about her head and body. Old bruises, new bruises, and somehow he was drugs involved. I'm sure there was drugs involved, but certainly a lot of uh, j- jumping off the top turnbuckle in the motel room, <laughs> off the lamp. Yeah, <laughs> usually, that, usually nowadays a celebrity ends up with like a dead girlfriend in the in the hotel room, like in the motel motel room with a lot of bruises. Like TMZ's all over that shit. You can't get away from it anymore. Right. But back in '83, if you were like a reasonable level celebrity, you could probably just kill someone. The WWF nobody... just washed that one, swiped that one right under the yeah, rug. Yeah, Western Pennsylvania. That's like that's, I mean, that was a that was a date when Cosby was like raping women every week. You know, nobody gave a shit back then. Yeah. And there was no like 24 hour cable channels. There's no TMZ. There's, there's no nothing. internet. I mean, there's no internet. You could get if as long as you had a good publicist, you get away with anything. It would be much. like a rumor. Like I heard he killed a guy. Like, yes. well, there's no way to verify that. No, no one can call the. the so in this case, it was the case was, the case was publicized. Her name was uh, something uh, Nicole, I think, Ar- uh, the Argentina. She had a name. She had a parent. She had a family. She was dead, uh, but they never prosecuted Snuka. And then thirty years later, uh, a newspaper, like in Pennsylvania, kind of wrote an article like, "Hey, how come Snuka got to kill his girlfriend? And never went to jail." <laughs> 
And uh, the DA was forced to reopen the case, at which point they indicted him on murder because it looked like all the evidence was pointing towards him. I love that, like, police departments in this country that blogs and, like, HBO miniseries. This is yes. really what's spurring them to action. Yeah, like the, like the Durst case? It was just some guy being like, uh, hey, I got an opinion on this. And then they're like, ugh. These fucking lazy bureaucrats now are like, now we got to fucking figure out who killed this bitch. I can see how you don't want to, like, you know, everyone knew Snooka killed a woman. And I can see how, like, at the time, like, some people, like, the coroner said, like, hey, uh, you should charge this guy with murder because he clearly beat her to death. And it was like, eh, I don't know. So you like have no other suspects, correct? correct? No, we don't. I can see how 30 years later you don't want to go back. Oh, fuck, you have to go fucking back into the Snooka <laughs> case again. Because you want something like, I mean, maybe a Cosby-level case. You'll go back 30 years because you become famous from that. Right. But no one wants to do the Snooka case. And, uh, well, someone did. He was indicted for murder. And then it turns out he started acting all crazy in the courtroom. Mm-hmm. Like like dementia crazy. And so they had a competency Jumping hearing. off the witness stand. <laughs> yeah, no more jumping anymore. He did, I got to say this. In, in, in all fairness to his dementia, he looks like fucking hell. He's, 70, he's only 74. He could be like 107. <laughs> I mean, he just looks like all those guys, all those ex-wrestlers, the steroids and the head injuries are all fucking messed up so bad. The ones that are alive. Constant partying. Yeah, the, the drugs, the roids, the head injuries, the constant head injuries every night, the cutting yourself open. Uh, I mean, if they're alive at 74, they look like being fucking Being poor help. doesn't help, obviously. No, being poor doesn't help, and then uh, they all get obese later on, too. Uh, but they asked him, like, who the president was. Uh, he said it was Gerald, like, Gerald Ford. He started shitting his pants, all sorts of things. All th- How crazy can <laughs> it be? That's the first Gerald Ford reference I've heard in years. All <laughs> right. I, I, I forgot that Zero Four was president, so that was pretty good. Um, so anyhow, here's the thing. So the judge, they had a comedy hearing for this murder thing where he clearly committed the murder, and they let him go. I mean, they let him. They said the, the trial's dismissed because he's too nuts to stand trial. And so here's my, here's my question. Like, is being nuts actually a, is actually a, def, a legitimate defense to murder these days? Apparently, if you're crazy, you're allowed to kill people. I, I, I don't know how that works because... I really don't get how our, how our justice system is, is functioning. So it's like, no, this guy's too crazy to even understand what's going on. It's like, okay, but he killed someone, right? Yes. So how is he not crazy enough to know when he's stabbing me to death in the parking lot? So he just gets to do that now? And we don't even lock up. By the way, we don't even lock up crazy people anymore. So back in the day, they, they might stick someone like in a state hospital institution, like in the 50s. Oh. You never hear from him again. But now they don't even lock up, like, you know, there's, there's laws against that. They don't even lock up, cra- like, crazy homeless people who just urinate and defecate on the ground. They don't lock them up anymore. It's, it's, they have their civil rights to stay out of, out of the institutions. So it's like, Snook is like, when he gets let off for dementia, he's just going back home. He's it's insane. Like, but you know what? You couldn't get off a jaywalking ticket like that. No. No, well, I'm too crazy. I don't even know how the light works. I'd be like, well, <laughs> fuck off. But if you kill someone, all good. Totally yeah. fine. I didn't, I, how can I be a jaywalker? I just shit my pants. Yeah. <laughs> Gerald work. Ford, Gerald Ford's going to pardon me. That doesn't work. <laughs> that doesn't work at all. And, and and here's the thing. So if you're crazy and you clearly kill someone, shouldn't they restrain you in some other manner? I mean, should you just be like, is he, okay, so he's demented. I get that. So clinically they find out that he's like senile or demented or has too much head trauma to understand like what year it is. Doesn't that mean you put him away until he figures out what year it is? I don't know. I, I think Americans, you know, they often have the superiority complex. I think, like, China is going to, like, they would look at this like, are you guys serious? Like, we, you know. Oh, like, China, China. Once the, day, the day he retired from wrestling, they just put him, they put him under. Yeah, there's got to be in between between just killing just you know, journalists. Them. But Euthanize them. Certainly, certainly you shouldn't just be able to kill people because you're Are you looking at crazy. China for your jurisprudence? Your jurisprudence? <laughs> I'm just saying I, there's certain things about this system. It don't make any sense. And if he kills someone else, then everyone's going to be all up in arms. And it's like, 
Yeah, we're putting people in jail for drugs, and we're letting people that kill people walk away. It's very strange. Well, it's a crazy. I mean, here's the thing: you have to. I always look at like the family. I don't know their parents are still alive, or the family members who like for thirty years known this fucking asswipe killed their basically not only just killed but like beat their sister or daughter to death in a motel room. I mean, with his fist, probably just punched punched her to death or whatever you yeah, threw against the wall. And killed her. It wasn't like a quick death. It was like a quick death. She had like sixty. Bruises on her and body, like he backhanded her. She slipped, and her head hit the dresser. And- no, nah, it's just like a this is like a beat. It's like a real like all the fake shit he couldn't do like in the wrestling in the ring. He did for real like on her. And so they're waiting for justice for all these years, and finally the guy gets the guy finally the guy gets indicted for murder, and the judge is like, no, nah, he's too crazy. Let him, he goes back to he goes back to the country club or wherever we're staying at. Yeah, so. I wonder if he was from that area. Clearly, these people were huge snooker fans. You know, they they were acting like it was uh, Ted Kennedy. You know, pulling one over. Have you ever been to a, a WWE, like a professional wrestling match before live? Yeah. It's insane. It's yeah. literally insane. And back in the 80s when this was going on in western Pennsylvania, it would have been like the great, he could have been, you know, Mick Jagger, could have been the Rolling Stones. <laughs> I mean, this was like the Pope coming through town. Yeah. Snooker was not only like, he was, you know, it probably wasn't as big as some football heroes, that, you know, for Pittsburgh or Philadelphia then, but very close. I remember when I was a young child, I think I was like nine, and I won a radio contest, and I got to meet all the wrestlers when they came to town. But really, so I was like Undertaker, all these guys. Yeah. It turns out the Texas Tornado drunkenly stumbled off the plane, <laughs> didn't know where he was, mumbled some shit, and left. Yes. <laughs> it was awesome. That was that was pretty. That sounds pretty cool. By the way, the Undertaker, uh, Stuka took on the Undertaker in one of the first uh, uh, WrestleManias. Little wrestling, tri- little wrestling trivia for you there. Yeah, these guys are not like these are not wholesome. These are not wholesome fellows, uh, and you, it's not a whole, it's not a wholesome business to say the least. In fact, in, if you watch Mickey Rourke's The Wrestler movie, yeah, that's a good that's a good indication of what the real wrestling that's is. So depressing. <laughs> it is so depressing, and that's you know life after the after the lights go down. It's probably the same in football and other sports as well too. But at least in those sports, they walk away with a good amount of money nowadays. Well, football adults don't think you're a joke though. Like adult men, well, because you weren't playing a character. You weren't playing a character. Yeah, and you weren't Mister Fiji. And the you racist. don't still have the bleached hair. Like no. you know, ex NFL player comes over to some guy's house in the suburbs. He's like psyched. You know, yes. hey, what can I get? You take a seat. You know, you were you were fucking Brutus the Barber beefcake. It's like <laughs> get the fuck away from my kids. You know, I'm I think assuming. you're mixing up. I think I'm mixing up your professional wrestler. <laughs> <Brutus>. <laughs> I don't know what his name. Was. I think it was a uh, Brutus uh, beefcake. There was a barber, I believe. <laughs> Uh, you were were you drunk too when the t- t- Texas tornado t- tornado Texas jump off the plane? <laughs> no, so I mean, those guys. I mean, how much? How can you do this shit? We're looking at it right now. How can you do? How can you do this shit without like taking lots of drugs and drinking all the time? Can't imagine. Plus, they're taking so many fucking steroids. Hey, Snooker, you looked at them back in the eighties. I mean, these guys were so fucking ripped. So these guys ripped. are enormous. They had like sixty pounds of extra muscle on them. Dude, they just roided up the fucking one every. body slam, one pile driver. I'd be sitting out. From yes. from work the next day from riding like I just wouldn't get out of bed. No, and they have to guys, get out. They have to take amphetamines oh to get up and shit like that. Backs are just. Fun. All right, Snooka, off the top turnbuckle into dementia. I do like the shit. Here's the thing: if you're accused of anything, court now, just shit your pants. <laughs> That's just something like just get yourself. Oh man, my client just shit his pants. Yeah, you have to, you have to let him go. You could just put some peanut butter in there or something. You, wouldn't, you don't necessarily have to really. Just, just go with Gerald Ford and shit the pants. I just remember that. If you Although, if it means not doing the rest of your life in jail, it's totally worth it. I think so, too. All right, Snooka. He does, by the way, look like he's on his way. And of course, as an ex-wrestler or ex-athlete who's like, got no money left, he's got the fat wife, like the third fat wife. Mm. <laughs> They're always there. There's always that younger, fat, third, third wife for these guys that like trucks around and carries their diapers and shit. 
I don't know what. To, I don't know how you get that job, but some, somehow they signed up for that one. Sends her friends photos of him in the 80s. And yes, says, yes, exactly. All right, let me ask you, uh, on to a real winner here, Ray J. Matt. Ray J. Ray J, can you name a Ray J song? Can you name a rap, <laughs> a Ray J rap? Ray J is known solely for being the guy in the Kim Kardashian porno. He is. Uh, well, also, he's Brandy's younger brother. Do you think they screened his dick first? Like, someone had to determine... What do you mean, screened his dick? Well, I meant just for size. Oh, no, well, no, the tape was made... The tape was... No, here's my understanding of what went down. This is... A, by the way, this is ten, over 10 years ago now. Seems like just yesterday. <laughs> uh, they made the... T- they, they, were, they made the tape because Paris Hilton had the tape. Mm-hmm. Kim Kardashian was a Paris Hilton, like, uh, you know... Uh, Follow on. Mm-hmm. She was in Paris Hilton's, you know, collect little collective, and she was kind of famous, but not as, as famous nearly as Paris Hilton. So Paris Hilton made that sex tape it went from uh, Rick Solomon. It went all over the place. She made money. She got super popular. She got that show on Fox, a Simple Life on Fox, or mm-hmm. whatever it was. And Kim Kardashian and her mom <laughs> came up with this idea to like rage have Ray J, who was her then boy, who was extra boy, her boyfriend, okay. film them having you know a sexual romp on vacation, like a celebrity sex tape. And then pretend to leak it, pretend like Parasol was pretend to leak, but it was all done through business channels. Right. And they sold it. The mom negotiated the vivid, and then it went out, and she became famous. So Ray J was obviously signed off on this whole thing. He got paid. He got paid, and he still probably gets paid for sales of it, but not so much. But yeah, that's the only thing he's known for in his life. Kim herself is skyrocketing to be worth like two hundred million dollars. She's one of the most famous people in the world, and Ray J's always had this thing where they asked him, like, "How do you feel the fact that you're fucking like?" get nothing from this tape a few few bits of coins here and there and she's turned herself into a huge business empire he's always been he's always been kind of cool about it he makes like little jokes about it like self-effacing jokes about it yeah. like oh good for her you know whatever I got to have sex with her that was that was my that was cool whatever it was a fun time whatever no big deal uh, but now 10 years later he's probably broke ass right so he takes a million dollars a celebrity big brother and by the way Brian probably knows this I don't understand how the brother reality show works like I understand this. They're in a ha- they put like 10 people in a house together and there's cameras everywhere. And I understand the cameras when they catch them having sex or topless. I get that part. Mm-hmm. But inside of that, there seems to be a lot of talking and they're going back and forth about what Joe said or what Bob said or what Amy said. And I don't really understand how this show... How I this have show- no idea how you win it. I've tried to watch it before to like make a joke about it and I've, I've literally made it like 45 seconds and been like, fuck this. <laughs> I don't, fuck everything about this. I don't this. get it all. But to their credit, the British, the British version has started just putting ex-porn stars on the show. Because at least they like at least their camera their camera fun their camera fun right so literally they're just getting like people who've been caught up in celebrity sex tapes or porn stars or ex sex scandals big chicks with chicks with big fake tits on the show why can't Bloody- they do like road rules challenges I feel like it's boring they're just sitting in a house I don't get it other than the fact for CBS I know it was a big one of their top rated shows for a long time I just figure huh. people don't change the channel I don't understand it like it doesn't even make sense to me. like the Kardas- like by the way the Kardashian show I I've always understood. Because they're constantly talking about sex and showing their tits mm-hmm. and then eating salads. Mm-hmm. And so, so it has something for everybody. There's always like, Lamar's about to die. Oh, yeah, he is about to die. Some shit's always going down like on that show. Right. Where it's like, although it's fake and scripted, there is real life consequences to what's going on in the show. Like people actually are fucking getting pregnant and dying. Yeah, and yeah. Like that. And like in a meta sense, the show, not the content of the show, but the, the actual willingness to do the show is causing people to die. Like with Odom, yes. they were like setting him up and making fun of him on TV. Yes, they drove him to it. Well, I don't know if they drove him to have sex in a brothel in Nevada, but they drove him to a coma. He, almost, he literally almost died, and people have died around their, around their orbit. 
So they're actually real life consequences of what they're doing. So in the least, you can watch it go like, man, that's fucked up. Someone just died. Right. Big Brother, nothing happens. There's no, it's all fake and there's no consequences. So again, you just hope to see a couple caught having sex on camera. Which, by the way, you can just Google that shit. I just <laughs> think when you go into a major network to try and sell a show, they're like, no, that's way too good. Y- you know, yes. it's like we just want something really fucking terrible like Plinko <laughs> or whatever that show, The Wall, whatever. <laughs> Pachinko? So LeBron James has a show that's Plinko where you drop shit down a wall. You know, if you yes. come up with something clever, they just be like, no, we, we speak to retards. Uh, they do basically speak to retards. So speaking of retards, Ray J got a million dollars, which has to be his largest paycheck ever to be on Celebrity Big Brother in the UK. And it's clear, not only is it clear, I mean, you might think that it's, he's only on there because he was in the sex tape 10 years ago, but the producers actually have him saying shit on the show, like stage lines about the sex tape. Yeah. At Kim Kardashian, that's all anyone talks about on the show. Like when he did his little entrance to the house, he gave like three or four canned lines involving Kim Kardashian. Like little little puns about, I'm going to do you like I did Kim on the sex tape and stuff like that. Yeah. So clearly he's being paid for this sex tape thing from 10 years ago. So here's my question. Is there any semblance of humility or humanity left in Ray J? Is that, can you sink possibly lower than that? I don't know. Here's what I think he's thinking. I'm going to do this one thing. I'm going to make this million dollars. I'm going to invest it. I'm going to save it. I'm going to put this all behind me. So that's really, what he, that's really what, he's going to invest it. That's what he's, <laughs> no, he's not. But that's what he really? said to himself. That's what he psyched himself something up with. Over, something gets over like bonds. What he's actually going to do is now just start doing like public appearances where you know he he talks about uh, Kim Kardashian and whatever. Maybe they'll give him some other gimmick, do a book or something. Yeah, so he's fucked, and then he's and then he's just going to descend into drugs and die. The, produ- the producers of the show are like just blatant, like you know, no one has. They're trying to promote like Ray J, what his qualifications are. No one has a be- Kim Kardashian's a global celebrity icon, whatever, which is true. No one has better insight. To Kim Kardashian than Ray J. Like, well, no, he fucked her ten years ago. <laughs> it's like that's the extent of his insight into her. What is I that? I mean, I guess you could say that since he actually, there was like a, a little production crew there. Um, you know, he is a legitimate porn star. He's only done the one movie. Most of them do a thousand. Yes, but he still did perform. With the lights and the camera guy, the weird union guy, yep. the fat guy standing around, and and to be romantic, not to get too romantic, but that was a, that was the uh, film that fall, uh, caused Kanye to fall in love with Kim. Yeah, he watched that because <laughs> he's not gay and he loved it. <laughs> he watched he watched he used to watch that tape while he was fucking Amber Rose. Yeah, and that's when uh, Amber Rose realized he might have his eyes on somebody else. He was looking <laughs> at Amber Rose's shaved head and Ray J's cock and yes. piecing the two a little piecemeal action together. Hey, however vivid, however they get their royalties from the vivid sales, that's what's, <laughs> that's ching right there. Uh, here's here's the real point about this: when people put, make fun, I hate when people make fun of porn uh, because I feel porn as. You know, as evil as it is to the people who are involved with it, it is really no worse than most everything else on television, is it? I mean, that decision for Ray J to take a million dollars to talk about his sex tape from 10 years ago, that's pornographic, right? Yeah. There's no difference in content between this and porn, right? No, 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 it is porn. This is all, all this reality show stuff, it's all the Kardashians, it's all pornography of some kind, right? The definition of being like, I don't know, when they all, what was that Supreme Court justice said, I don't know, there is no, de- the definition of pornography, I know it when I see it. Mm hmm. I see this stuff and I go, that's just fucking porn. Well, I was, I mean, I was not, there's not actual live fucking going on, but the, the diminishment of their humanity and the way they're selling, exploiting themselves on camera for money, 
It's just pornographic. It but. is kind of it, well. Literally, this show's content is, is a porno with no. But you just never get to the fucking scene. I mean, it's that bad of quality. Well, that's because you're not watching the German version of the show like I do. Where they do actually fuck. <laughs> well, I was gonna say that it's not porn if like the tits are blurred out. But then it, it's like you could watch some, uh, you know, triple anal movie just because it's blurred out. That doesn't mean it's not porn. I mean, what else is it really? Well, the whole uh, the, people get caught up in sexual in the whole sexuality sex argument of porn. But really, the, the bad side of porn is that it's demeaning to the people involved. It's like people are forced to sell their like lower, you know, their, their souls basically. Their humi- their, you know, they're basically their humanity, their persona, their soul. They're selling in porn because they're getting fucked at, at the lowest level of their life. Do right? you think being on like two and a half men was pretty degrading? Uh, well, y- yes. I don't think it's the same as Celebrity Big Brother, but yes, it's pretty degrading. Uh, but I wouldn't call it pornographic. This stuff, this reality show stuff. Where people are just lying and like exposing aspects of their lives and then saying stupid shit and really like mocking themselves and like really just being pissed on essentially for money. Yeah. It's just pornography and no one will call it that. It's all legal and, and like everyone's like, high and mighty, it's on network television. Yeah. But it's just fucking the same. It's pornography without the fucking, you know, genital shots, basically. It would do us much better as a society to just show the genitals and outlaw the, um, I don't know anything uh, super violent or just idiotic. I think I'd rather see. I, don't, I I think less of people that are on these reality shows, the women probably because I'm sexist, than I do women who take part in porn. Because I feel like porn, they, like they understand what they're getting into, which is like I'm going to have sex on camera for five minutes and it's over. I get paid. Right. Whereas the reality thing, you have to live that like entirely full time. Yeah, and you I think that you have to be that 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 character, that you know, low level character your entire life. Yeah, and I think porn stars, a lot of them fancy themselves as, like, independent women. You know, they're not like, I'm going to take over the world. Uh, uh, and they are getting laid. I'll give, I'll, give, I'll give them that. I think that's the worst part. <laughs> they also lie and talk about being hypersexual, how much they love it. Mm-hmm. And they don't. But we Not all, at 8 in the morning. Here's the thing. We're all whores, aren't we? I'm looking at Brian. We're all whores in some way or another. <laughs> I mean, why? when do we make this distinction about, like, well, you whore this way and you whore that way, and this boy is better way to whore than not whore? Either you're doing shit you would never do without getting paid because you're getting paid, or you want. And Ray J is doing this shit and demeaning himself and making Kim Kardashian sex jokes about himself because he's getting a million dollars. That's just fucking. He's just a whore. Yeah. Just say it. Say it. He's a whore. Ray J's a whore. But no one would do anything almost without getting paid. Really. Well, when he filmed the sex tape wrestle, he was just fucking Kim Kardashian. I kind of admired that. Although he was really big on that whole lotion thing, kind of threw me off a little bit. I mean, would you rather do porno or work um, cleaning outhouses? Uh, as a guy, I'd rather do porn. As yeah. a woman, I don't know. You know, the gay porn versus outhouse. I'd, I'd do the outhouse. Yeah, I think I do the outhouse. I think I do the outhouse too. Just a couple homophobic guys deciding which job is the dirtiest. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ray J. And he wore the, by the way, he wore the stupid red flag, uh, red. Uh, Union Jack like suit and the whole thing, clowning suit, whatever on the show. This whole thing is so demeaning. I felt bad for him. I wish people would feel bad for themselves sometimes. By the way, you and I would both take the million dollars to do the same thing. Just to be, <laughs> just to be clear, right? Yeah, but I would act like a real dick about it, like it's, to the to the producers and shit. Uh, That'd be very difficult. No, he's playing he's playing that 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 you know parody of himself. I think in the thing, it's a million dollars, a million dollars. All right, Matt. Let me ask you. We got a letter from uh, Alexander. I know you and I argued this uh, this past week after Brett Musburger on the Sugar Bowl, so Oklahoma. Uh, Joe Mixon was uh, arrested two years. Well. Actually, he beat up the girl. He, he didn't beat her up. He punched a girl in a Norman's restaurant, Norman, Oklahoma restaurant, uh, two years ago. And it was the case was adjudicated. He got off with some kind of probation. He was suspended from the team for a year. 
They call it a learning a learning year for him okay. at Oklahoma. <laughs> I don't know what that means exactly, but it happened to coincidentally coincide with him being a redshirt freshman. So he did not lose a year of eligibility during his learning year off. During his learning year off and punching a girl, right? So uh, you know, you all, if you're above the age of like twelve, you know exactly how those universities run with their football programs, which is that we're going to sweep whatever the fuck we can under the rug to keep our good players playing. Yeah. So you know they'll bear, they'll, they'll fucking the AD will go out there and start shoveling in the desert to, to build graves, <laughs> to dig graves if he has to. Uh, so Joe Mixon came back. This is the first time he's been on national TV in such a spotlight. He's back playing again. And two, uh, just three weeks ago, the video came out. By the way, it was his attorney. It was it was Mixon's attorney that demanded the the video come out. Yeah, because he said it would really really show how you know it was it would really be kindly to Mixon in terms of like mitigating circumstances. That was an error in judgment on his part. I think it was because his theory was that if you see what the girl did and said before and slapped him before he punched her, that you would see that he was provoked, right? Which he was. He was clearly provoked. Yeah. But at the same time, you can never get the visual out of your head of a guy punching a girl. You can never win that case. She could have punched him 27 times and fucking shit on his neck. It wouldn't matter because the visual of a guy, a football player, punching a cheerleader. It was a nasty punch. Even compared to the Ray Rice punch, this was like a John Jones fucking... It was a haymaker. It was a nasty haymaker. It was not like a get away from me punch. It was like, I'm going to knock you fucking out punch. Yeah. And but in, yeah, you did see in the video. You did see as attorneys wanted to show that it didn't just happen all of a sudden. This girl came up and she provoked. You know, he, he talked to her. She provoked him. Clearly, she was she wasn't saying like nigger, but she was like dropping some race, potentially racist shit, yeah, demeaning shit to him. And then she she was drunk and you know annoying girls at two in the morning, drunk in college campuses. We've all been there. We've all seen them before. <laughs> you want to punch them all? Uh, and then she slapped him, which is no excuse for. It. But then he punched her. And again, that visual goes around to 10 million people, and you cannot get away from that visual. Versus if you never see it, and you go, oh, he punched a girl, and you're kind of like imagining it, but you can't imagine it. Yeah. And you go like, oh, maybe it wasn't that bad. But now I, you see how bad it was. I, I was trying to figure out why they released that, and Jesus, what a, what a terrible call on their part. But I don't know. If this was a guy, her same exact size and strength that punched him, we probably never would have heard about it. Probably never would have been charged with anything, would he? Because she, no, well, she instigated it. Yeah, she did instigate. They probably would have charged. I don't know. Anything, anytime a guy punches a woman, maybe a little little scrawny dude, maybe. I don't know. But no, anytime, he, I mean, I'm not defending what he did by any means. He I don't think it was a ra- I don't think it was a racial thing because I think anyone on the football team who punches a girl looks like she's a cheerleader is going to get arrested. Right. Especially when it's on video. Yeah. Um, and then he like kind of just walked. Then he's kind of walked away too, which was really bad. Um, he didn't like have any care for like the fact that she was on the crumpled on the ground. No, it looked to me like his bucket list was like punch out a chick, and he's like, "Well, legally, here's my chance." Yes. Although I don't know if he's really all that bright. No, I, I don't think. I think it was more react. I think it was these more guys reactive. are conditioned to be aggressive. Yes. to react. He could have CTE. Could have brain damage. She was, I mean, she provo- She clearly provoked him. It wasn't like he went up to her looking for a fight. Or maybe he was looking for a verbal fight, but she clearly provoked him by, by physically altercate. Well, if you don't want to get punched in the face, don't slap people. Okay, we're finally where I wanted to get, Matt. <laughs> your defense your defense of abusive males <laughs> punching women. I agree with you. And I think in that case, I think that lessens the legal case against him. But again, it doesn't lessen like the sort of you know viral YouTube society views that you just punch. You just like you know you're a dude who bench presses 350 pounds, yeah, and you just punch like a hundred pound chick. Clearly, <laughs> shouldn't have done it. But no. how we cannot have equality and a special protected class of 
women at the same time. Uh, you're saying if, she, if 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 it was if if it was a guy who punched him, for sure there'd be no case against him. Right. If he had, if a guy had slapped him, he punched him back. For sure there'd be no there'd be no criminal case. No. And he probably wouldn't have. Been, he might have been suspended by the team for one game just for being probably drunk in the place, but nothing else would have happened. And you're then right. the chick went around campus, kind of kind of. Uh, as a motivational survivor <laughs> yes, type yeah. person with her jaw wired shut, which isn't really funny. But. Victim status. Victim. <laughs> I'm laughing at it. victim status is a great status to have these days. <laughs> you can do really very well by yourself. Because I would have just said to her, like, I'm sure she never addressed the fact that she that she hit him. And uh, well, she's suing him. She's suing him civilly in the school. Yeah. So she's suing for a lot of money. So which is the, why there was the case and the videotape came out and all that kind of stuff. And they're going to have to. Eventually, I don't know how it works with the school versus him. He probably has no money, I would assume. But the school's going to pay her something. It's going to pay her something. Uh, because that's what they do when their football players beat people up. Is they, they, pay them, they pay them. I don't think she deserves anything. I'm not defending what he did, but you, you just can't go around. See, like, chicks think they have this privilege to, I'm to you slap on here, people and Keep punch going. people. I've been hit by three or four chicks as hard as they can, by the way, which yeah. isn't that hard. But you, have if, a hit, you have a very hittable face. Yeah, I know. <laughs> what if it was Ronda Rousey, though? What if the shoe was on the other foot? What, what if I got in an argument with Ronda Rousey, didn't know who she was, and she just decided to kick my ass, and I, but I punched her first? Would you go, would you go to a courtroom with, like, managing your face and going, you don't understand, this girl punches really hard? No, I would shut my fucking mouth. <laughs> of course you would. It's still fucking, embar- it's still fucking embarrassing. <laughs> Here's a point. Brett, Mu- Brett Musburger on the show on national TV. So Nixon's playing. The tapes just come out. The YouTube videos just come out. Playing really well, by the way. Playing really well. He's a very talented guy. He's going to go to the NFL. Although I've been hearing scouts, maybe the teams don't want him because of all this bad press. But that's this has Patriots all over it. Yeah, probably. Uh, Musburger, you know, is going to have to talk about this during the show. So clearly, during pre- you know they pre- prep before the show, they talk about all the players, the teams. They do all this stuff. You know, it's not just like they pick up the headphones like we do here and just fucking go <laughs> go off the cuff and have some cocktails. Right. We can't uh, get fired. No. So they talk about. The, so how are we going to discuss Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon going to come up. So Musburger's like, I'll take that. And, like, they probably went through a couple of things you're going to say. What did he say? He ended up saying, like, oh, yeah, this guy has some problems, and he went through some stuff, but Bob Stoops had him on the, has him on the right path, and he's, this is a really one of, the, one of the good kids, one of the good kids, and we can only hope he's going to end up playing on Sundays in the NFL. Okay. How could you possibly fucking say that, you know, when you're prepped for I could see, like, on the, you know, on the street you're caught off, the, caught off guard saying some shit that you didn't really mean. Yeah. But clearly he prepped for this pre-production. <laughs> How could that be, like, he's one of the best. He said he's one of the best. How could that be your response to, like, hey, we got to talk about Joe Mixon for a second? What would you say? Like, uh, this guy seems like a real piece of shit, but, you know, he's pretty good at football. Well, the, mean, here's the thing. There's a big the grand conspiracy we all are a part of, and you too at some level. Brian, I don't think, watches football. He watches. He has tickets to the ballet. Uh, is that, vi- that football is not this massively violent sport where lots of domestic abuse occurs against women? And we all kind of, like, just pretend that doesn't happen. We all pretend that these guys playing, you know, in the games that we watch in college or pros are not, in large part, the sort of criminal, ele- criminal elements <laughs> who have all, like, are all, like, a good percentage of whom will beat their wives or girlfriends at some point. Right. And we all just pretend that doesn't happen very often because they wear, like, you know, pink shoes and pink Yankees for breast cancer. Right. And the NFL donates money. But once you agree to that, once you agree to, like, we're all going to kind of pretend that we're not watching a sport of sort of a lot of criminals, which I do all the time and love it, you have, I mean, you have to put that out of your mind to enjoy the sport. There's no way you can enjoy the sport knowing that, like, the guy you're rooting for is just going to go home and beat up some chick. Yeah. So, so Musburger's in on that, too, and the network's in on that, too. So he can't, yeah, he can't say, like, oh, man, if only we could stop guys from beating up girls in, in Oklahoma football. <laughs> you football. Like, it's been going on for 50 years. That'd be great. But how about something like, this guy made a big mistake. 
I talked to him. I think he knows he made a big mistake, and he's going to like really devote himself to like you know go down the straight path and making sure this doesn't happen again or to anyone else he knows. Yeah, just some banal platitude like that would have worked. But no, calling him one of the best, a guy that people only know, basically only know from this YouTube video where he punches a chick. Right. It's not good. So at halftime, what happened was the Twitter Twitter exploded with calling Musburger an asshole, basically. <laughs> so then the, then the network forces him to go on the second half and like, re, you know, backstep away, backpedal away. It's like, obviously what he did was horrible and obviously I don't condone it and obviously all this other stuff. All I meant was that I like to give people second chances and he deserves second chances. If you feel that way, well, t- you know. Right. Like, what? What? Step away from the... from airing the punch and then freeze it see yes. right here he yes. really makes contact with her uh, yeah. with her job and Musburger said I hope he goes on to, I hope he goes on to really help other people like oh yeah that's where he's, that's exactly where he's headed you know what I would appreciate like uh, if he said let's be honest no one really gives a shit that he punched this chick because he's good at football and you know, we just like to watch football, and uh, we really don't care what these guys do off the field. I, I would, I would like some. Honesty. I think that's why people voted for Trump for president. Yeah. <laughs> I think Trump would, Trump would have tweeted like, "So he punched a chick. <laughs> Did you see that last fucking screen pass? <laughs> that guy's fucking amazing. That's why I think that's why people love Trump. Is like he just would say shit like that. Like yeah. that's the truth. We all, we all know that. Like no one at Oklahoma, nobody watching, no one gives a shit that he punched this girl because he's a good, he's a good, he's a good back. Yeah. If he was a lousy back, they would have kicked him off. The, they would have kicked him off the team. They don't need that fucking trouble. Yeah, I mean, if he was anything short of good, they yeah, they would have just washed their hands of it. But yeah, it's love, like uh, when a car gets damaged, you know, you, you kind of yes. calculate yes. if it's worth totaling <laughs> yeah. or not. Yeah, they want to keep him. Uh, the, the announcement they make, the AD makes with a straight face that they're going to like force him to sit out a year when it's his redshirt freshman year. They're going to sit him out anyhow. <laughs> it's really just beautiful. It's I just beautiful it. to watch. Oh, you have to like track. You've been around long enough to know like what college football is like. In the seventies and eighties of Miami and Oklahoma and all that stuff, it's just a level of decency and like shit that's got swept under the rug. Yeah, yeah, all the drugs, all the crime, all the like prostitution and hookers and fucking everything else, and it still goes on to this day. They just have to cover it up a lot better because the media is a lot more savvy. This hasn't. Yeah, they don't let Luther Campbell hang out on the sidelines anymore. But fuck, <laughs> no. I wish they would. With Warren Sapp, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, no, that's not. In Miami, they're not just like blatantly like doing rails of coke off at <laughs> halftime. They have to hide shit now because now stuff goes on YouTube. There was no YouTube before. Stuff they were like a guy punched a girl in a restaurant. Everyone like heard about it, but no one saw it. And so it was like, did that even happen? Nowadays, you can't get away with shit anymore. I was thinking how if I was an NCAA athlete, I might consider just going. Like if I was a basketball player, I might go to play overseas or something. Like fuck yeah. the NCAA, it's a criminal organization. But you can't do that with football. You can't go play football in Europe. Uh, no, they don't. They call it it's soccer over there. What they call football? Couldn't you play in Canada or something? Uh, as high school, there's nowhere else to play football. You have to go into college football, and then you have to play for free. By the way, for four years, three or four years of making your school millions of dollars. You can't you get, go to the Canadian Football League. Uh, you probably can at like 19 or 20, but the same age as the NFL, I think. Oh, I, I, so I you can go. Out, you can go out after two years. Red shirt plus two years, you can go out now of college. So I've, if I was the commissioner of the CFL. I would just drop that down to 16 years old and essentially turn that into the NCAA. Uh, that's why you're not commissioner of the CFL. <laughs> Canada's even more. Canada's, Canada's a little more rigorous with the the human values than we are in the U.S. about their sports. I think. That's true. All right, Musburger. The question was, by the way, Alexander would know. Isn't it time for Musburger on the ice flow? And I was thinking back to the time he did the thing with the Alabama quarterback's girlfriend when he was like leering at her as well, like during the broadcast. What was that two years ago? Uh, he was like pointing out how hot, out on how, hot she, how hot she was. 
I think it's just you look at these announcers of these football games. They're like in the, hitting eighty. You know, they've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. They just never really go away until they actually kind of die. And Maybe they're, they're secretly drunk. You know, there's something unnatural about watching football totally sober. Isn't oh, there? I don't think secretly drunk. I think Pat Summerall used to be fucking three shoots to the wind like halfway through a football game every single time. Yeah, Tom Mary, all the guys like before then. I think they were all drinking heavily. They the all have the drunk voice though, like Al Michaels. It's always like wow, wow. You know, they do a lot of. <laughs> and they, they, if you uh, notice the second half, they fuck up a lot of calls. In the second <laughs> half, <laughs> they just drink it throughout. I think it's time to put Musburger on the ice. Though I, I don't need that anymore. If you can't come up with a good false platitude to talk about Joe Mixon and make everyone feel a little bit better about the fact they're watching a fucking girl, girl abuser like for the yeah, football. Yeah, you're not getting paid five mil a year for that. Ridiculous. Alright, uh, Matt, let me ask you. Uh, I have a new segment this week. It's called Matt Uncovers the Whole Truth. Mm. You're a truth teller. That's what I've always thought about you. You're a muckraker. You'd be... Uh, <laughs> This was 120 years ago. You'd be in Chicago, like, investigating the slaughterhouses and turning over how the inhumane, inhumane practices of our meat industry or something like that. You have to wear a suit. Yeah. You only own one suit. Yeah, yeah. People must have smelled horrible back then. I always think about that, too, because guys are, like, working construction jobs in suits. <laughs> you ever see that? Like, yeah. You see, like, the guys are working, like, high-rise construction. They have ties on. It's absurd. And they're, like, wearing suits, and they're, like, yeah, they're, like, in the, they're, like, they're, like a courier, like, running up and down the street, like, delivering stuff, and they're, like, in, in three-piece suits. I wear a suit to a wedding. I get cocktail sauce on the lapel. Yeah. That suit's in the fucking back to the dry cleaners. Not only that. All the suits were wool, heavy wool back then, too. Yeah, I think that absorbed a lot of grease and shit. You were, I mean, the suits, after, like, a week, must and they, were, they didn't have dry cleaners, right? So the suit, someone had to wash the suit and fucking hang it out and do all that shit like that. It was probably like Ugh, once a week. Gross. It must have been fucking nasty. So let's take you uh, forward 120 years uh, where you don't have to wear a suit and you're <laughs> way too lazy to investigate the slaughterhouses. Uh, but one thing you did uncovering the whole truth this week, I believe you got right, is this uh, Shaw family, Shaw family, uh, it's always the Mormons in Orem, Utah. Let's just stereotype. Uh, and their toddler baby video, which now has 14 million views on, on, on YouTube. Wow. I think you uncovered the fact that maybe those kids, those little toddlers, were not heroes like we all thought they were. <laughs> yeah, it, the video opened with the dresser on the kid, and he's kind of push. Like, I think he could get it off of him himself. So it doesn't show the dresser falling. And then you can see... Well, no, I saw that. You didn't see the uncut version. I didn't. No, the uncut version, you can see the dresser falling. Oh, okay. The kid, However, having said that, and to your suspicion of the whole truth, the dresser is completely empty. So it tips over. You know how dressers are very unstable when they're empty? Yeah. Because there's no weight in the drawers. Right, right. So the drawers, when you pull the drawers out themselves, the whole, it's a cheap IKEA dresser, by the way. It's not like an Elizabethan furniture thing that weighs like 800 pounds. Yeah, they clearly weighed all the dressers before they did this little <laughs> yes. stunt. Which you're calling stuff, but the dressers were open, the drawers were empty, and so when the kid first started climbing, that's when it tipped over really easily. Right. I mean, okay. I, I've seen, I've never seen a dresser actually tip over before, but I can see it if you have a kid climbing the thing, but it has to be empty to do that. That's as well. true. They do tip over easily. Uh, you're calling bullshit on this, Matt. Yeah. The so the the nanny cam. So by the way, just coincidentally, this guy Schaff, Richard, Richard Schaff. Uh, Inve- he's a he's a his job entails selling nanny cams. Yes. Okay. So that's kind Coincid- of a, coincidence number one. That's kind of an odd coincidence. Yes. Secondly, the um, nanny cam was pointing at the dresser. That was odd. As opposed to the crib, which that I was thought odd. was the point. And then uh, you know, thirdly, clearly, I'm assuming the kid was making some noise. Oh, the kid was screaming. The kid on the, uh, who was trapped. So the kid, one of the, the two twins, I think they're about two plus some months years old. And one of the kids who got trapped un- fell under the dresser, and he was tra- clearly trapped. And by trapped, I mean he was trapped as a two-year-old. Like, a five-year-old probably could get out. Yeah. But a two-year-old doesn't have the physical coordination to, to push the dresser, which didn't weigh a lot off of them. 
So probably under the age of three, you'd be trapped. Well, this is a pretty light dresser if a two-year-old can pick it up. <laughs> yeah, well, the two-year-old picked it up and pushed it up. What is it? It's a, have you never assembled the Kia furniture before? Um, not that I know. Yeah, it, it doesn't, there's very little. It's all laminated board. I get mine off the street corner. <laughs> right. You're from Alaska, so you you, you hew your own logs and like yeah. taper the lumber and build your own furniture. Uh, and you know those. If you're any furniture built before like 1975, weighs like a thousand pounds. Right. You ever move like a, dre- a dresser or a desk or a couch from before to the 75? Then you have yeah. to need like five people. Yeah, I'm always like, why do you own this? Well, it was my grandma's. <laughs> yes. Well, who gives a shit? What do no. you have? Her fucking. <laughs> They're like, oh, it's a cherry wood desk. I'm like, great. It weighs 927 pounds. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Real, real. It turns out real wood and metal actually weighs a lot. What about those steel desks they used to make? Things were just like fucking death traps. Yeah, that that would kill you if it fell on you, right? So the kid is like, the two-year-old's pushing the other the dresser off the other two-year-old. First, he takes a little while to survey the situation. Maybe you think, like, maybe I'd be better off living by myself. <laughs> living by myself. Because <laughs> twins do like to kill each other. Uh, and then he pushes the dresser off the kid. It's all caught on tape. And the family becomes famous because they post the YouTube videos, and it gets millions and millions of views. Because it's when I when you first see it, your visceral reaction is like my visceral reaction was like fuck, that's amazing. Right. Like that little fucking two year old just saved his brother from underneath the dresser. Like literally pushed a dress. It probably didn't save his life, but whatever. Pushed his dresser off his little twin brother, and it looks like a fucking heroic video. And I was like, man, that's amazing. Yeah. The kids, the boys, are born with that instinct. Girls too, I'm sure, but. Boys are born the instinct of like save trap kid under a dresser. I'm only two, but fuck it, I'm well, shutting here's, this thing Here's out. another quick question because I don't have kids. Do kids play with dressers a lot? To the point, do they play with shit and knock shit down on uh, them? Kids knock shit over all the time. Okay. That, I mean, it, it, you look at toddler boys will break every fucking thing in your house. They will destroy everything in your house. You're climbing on it, breaking it, pulling it, kicking it, punching it. Boys, as they get start to get older and functional with their muscles. We'll just try to break as much shit as humanly possible. Right. You can't think back that far. But if you cannot remember kindergarten, the idea was just as every sport involving boys just would just break shit or hurt somebody. Yeah, yeah. It was just like, can I jump on this person? Can I break this thing? I dare you to break. I dare you to break this. <laughs> I dare you to punch this. Oh you yeah, know? I remember one time going out and trying to break a pond, break the ice on the pond, and then we fell in. Some kid got hypothermia. Yeah, we just wanted to break it. Yeah, it was. Can you break this? And later on, can you light this on fire? <laughs> like what? Yeah, that was boys, big. Boys are boys are hugely destructive, and it starts like at, at that little. And it's age. like, can you make someone cry? Yeah, which is why it really is a Darwin a Darwin thing. Which is like, I assume most boys when they were younger babies, like an old caveman day, just died, just killed, just ended up killing, just like falling off cliffs and shit. Yeah, but the smart ones survived, right? So the smarter ones survived, and that's how why we have. Because you think, how did like smart? Why did not just a strong kid survive? How did the smart kid survive? It's because the strong kids were fucking breaking the ice and dying of hyperthermia because they thought it was cool. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, there's a theory that women, like women Neanderthals, stopped fucking male Neanderthals and like when when humans and Neanderthals lived at the same time, they were no longer into the super strong, strong dumb stronger guys. dumb guys. Yes. They were more into the smarter guys. Yeah. God, I wish that was still the case. <laughs> and, uh, no, but so kids, so two and a half years will knock over a dresser. The fact the dresser was empty and the camera was on the dresser. And the dad were, and the, the, and the dad parent, sells cameras. The dad sells cameras. The mom was at least the mom. They don't mention where the dad was. Was in the in her bedroom, not you know, sleeping, not looking at the camera, which again kind of defeats the whole purpose of the, the nanny cam. Well, if you had to pick between video or audio, I mean, I would certainly want to hear the kids screaming before I was looking at a closed circuit. Well, circumstance number feed. five or whatever we're on that now. 
there's no audio. Re- the, the camera would clearly pick up audio. There's no reason to have a security system that doesn't include audio. Right. If you're talking about looking at babies. Now, maybe your outdoor security camera doesn't need audio, but indoor, it's a nanny cam. You're all, the, the, the voice things have been around for 30 or 40 years. Yeah, that one has the little things they sit next to them, so that little $10 thing could have yes. actually come in a lot more handy than this nanny cam. In this I'm sure situation. the nanny cam had audio. They're not releasing the audio. Yeah, by the way, those little things are designed just to, like, take a child's crying voice and amplify it tenfold, uh-huh. just so moms will go insane and dads will never sleep. <laughs> right, just, right. It's the worst, it's the worst, worst thing ever, <laughs> ever invented. It's to make screeches sound even more screechier and annoying. <laughs> So, so the mom didn't hear the kid crying for the first few minutes, whatever, while the brother's trying to save him. That's another coincidence. She only said she noticed it afterwards on the tape, and then one run, ran to the room to, to whatever. Mm-hmm. Too late, mom. So it's a whole bunch of things. So you're saying you're calling bullshit on this. Now, here's my question. I agree with you at this point. Why would they fake this? Why would they fake this? And can we trust anything anymore we ever see on the internet ever? No. Well, they faked it because they wanted to capitalize on it. I'm sure that one of them wants to have a reality show or something. Like would that the, be the attractive blonde dance instructor mom by chance? Oh man. Well, the whole <laughs> named, named Kaylee. The whole family <laughs> is is aggressively white in like a sort of old navy commercial way. Like yes, uh, very Mormon and just punchable. Um, yeah, they clearly want to sell this. It's no different. Remember the kid in the air balloon or the fucking... Yes. What was he uh, on? He was in a... Heenan or something like that. or some shit. Yeah, they said he got carried away in the air balloon and then the whole country was looking for him in the balloon. That dad's still around trying to sell shows, man. That's what these <laughs> people do. You don't have to... In fact, they don't even want people to live in L.A., I bet. Because, you know, people are a little more savvy to the ways of the business. You know, they want... Uh, people that are... Dre- hot dresser mom, you think? You know, fucked up and crazy enough to actually put effort into these shows and um, it's a good look it's a good looking family i'm gonna say this i don't trust any dance instructors blonde dance instructors named kaylee i believe they're all in the make something doing something they're all something yeah they're all looking for some angle i don't trust young dads either uh young mormon dads yeah i think so i think in in defense him i think he just wants to sell more nanny camps he's got to pay the bills i think that was his initial plan i don't think he wanted to be famous i think the mom wants to be famous i felt really bad at first i gotta tell you my first instinct was like I read all the comments and was like, first thing to think of everybody was like, you're a horrible mom. Because that's all women do on the internet is go on <laughs> things like this and call other women horrible moms. Right. It's like, the first, if there's any element to any story where the mom can be blamed, other women, never men, other women will come out and say, you're a horrible mom. What a horrible mom the kids should be taking away. Right, right. Women are so fucking hard on each other. It's just incredible. So yeah. I felt kind of bad. She's like, writing that from a trailer. Yes, you know, meanwhile, right. these kids have a house big enough to necessitate a, a cam a system. A cam, right, exactly. The kids look fine. They're safe. And I felt bad. I was like thinking like, God, like, not only would I, not only have I done worse things than that, but I remember being a kid and like, unless like the bone went through the skin, I don't remember parents ever coming around. <laughs> There's no. like, unless there was blood, parents never got involved. Never got involved. You'd be trapped under a dresser for like a week. Yeah, <laughs> the parents would be like, uh, the parents are like, parents would tell you like, what, what, you bothered me for that. <laughs> like what? Your brother's under a dresser, and that's supposed to. I'm supposed to get up out of this chair now. <laughs> like, yeah, that's how. That's how I remember life as a kid. Yeah, the mom's drinking a beer in the car. Yes, you know. Yeah, we're busy. We're busy. Meant we're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Unless you had to go to the hospital. There was no reason for any sense of urgency whatsoever. And the, and the final red flag is, which I guess is the same thing we were talking about, is these guys aggressively trying to capitalize on this thing by going on. I know they were on CNN just like shooting a t- a the good, shit. Good morning, America. Stupid ass anchor. And she's talking, and the, all the woman's talking about is like bolting your furniture to the wall. Like that's her message. You got to bolt the furniture to the wall. Right. And they're like, everyone's like, oh yeah, Kia is so dangerous. And the Kia like came out and goes like, 
Yeah, no, we've been including the bolting thing for like 40 years in our products with a huge sign that says, please bolt to your wall. Wait, no one's actually doing that, though, right? No, no one ever does that. Uh, I think in California, people are slightly more aware of it because of earthquake stuff. So you got if you got like one of those big old TVs or shit on the thing, you got you to hook that to the wall because, you know, fuck the kids dying. You're worried about losing your TV during <laughs> an earthquake. You know, I think in, in earthquake country, people are more aware of that. Uh-huh. But in Utah, they probably no one's ever fucking bolted their dresser to the wall ever. I think that'd be a really weird thing to do, frankly. But they include IKEA cover their ass for, for since forever. It includes a little fucking bolt and strap and says, "Use this to save your kids from getting trapped." Whatever mm-hmm. you know, they need their legal team came up with, but no one ever does it. So if you're really into security, maybe you, maybe you bolt the thing to the wall. I don't know. I wonder how many people died uh, with soda machines so much that they had to put that that warning sticker on the soda machine. But tipping it over, you mean? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, but I saw, I started seeing read all the dresser death studies. Apparently, dressers like crush a lot of kids. Oh yeah. So it's like actually a thing. Uh, now, by the way, again, all the dressers include this warning information about how it can tip, so you got to strap it. Mm-hmm. And no one ever, no one ever fucking does it because by the time you get done assembly, but that dad gets done assembling a fucking piece of IKEA furniture, and your hands are fucking bloody from that wrench that only IKEA, <laughs> only IKEA makes. Right. The eight, the eight, the octagon wrench, or whatever the fuck it's called. But if you can't, if you don't find, it, you can never reassemble the furniture. The pre, with the prefab holes that don't quite align, so you have to like really fucking work it over. And the directions, like, how can they have like thirty-seven step directions with only one sheet of paper? <laughs> it's just like and all the arrows are there for the bolts and the hexes and stuff like that, and like it all shows it all going in and working perfectly. Uh, that's a fucking hell. So by the time, by the way, you get done with that, you're like, fuck it, I'm not doing the fucking. And some crap. words would be helpful too. It's, I mean, not German. How many German. different languages are buying this thing? It's not like the Polynesians are. No, but, so it's a, everything has to be in two point because there's like twenty-seven different languages. Didn't, um, so what do you think happened? Like, Schaff was like, we're going to play a little game of uh, get away from the dresser monster, and he gingerly puts the thing <laughs> on the kid, and then... It is odd that the camera's on the dresser, because unless they had multiple cameras in the room, it makes no sense that the camera's on the cribs. And the second thing is, there's no audio, so you could the audio could actually be saying, like, all right, all right, uh, their names are... By the way, the kid's name was Bowdy. Bowdy and Brock. Oh. <laughs> yes. Bowdy. Bowdy was the hero. Bowdy? Yes. B-O-W-D-Y. Bowdy and Brock. Oh, I hate these people. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So the, the audio, if we, get the, if we get the audio, this is kind of like the Kennedy assassination. If we get the audio, the audio might say like, all right, Bowdy, um, <laughs> listen, I want you to climb in the dresser now like, like mom told you. I mean, and, clearly this is like a social science thing. Bowdy was obviously the one pinned under the dresser, right? No, you're wrong. Oh, fuck. Fucking Mormon Utah blonde people stereotyper. Bowdy, Bowdy. Brock got stuck under the thing and they made Bro- Bowdy the hero. Oh. And Bowdy was the one who saved his brother's very existence. Uh, the twin brothers. So, is it? It's honestly the perfect viral video story. Yeah. Because the video was like so fucking compelling when you first see it. A little too perfect. It was just a little too perfect. The mom with the bleach blonde hair and the and the and the, I don't know the teeth, the bleach teeth, the whole thing. It just kind of like, I I, I don't I don't want to be, I don't want to be that guy who's so fucking cynical of everything that I don't ever find any beauty in this world anymore, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> like this, a kid can't save another kid's life, and I have to go like fake. <laughs> but like we're at that point now, aren't we? Like ever since that kid, ever since Santa Claus lied about having the kid die in his lap, how can you trust anything anymore? Yeah, because you're proven. Anytime you put a little faith in something, you're immediately slapped in the dick and sent right back down. Because there's so much. I think guys like there's this phenomenon where like firefighters start fires to be heroes, mm-hmm. and apparently that's been going on like since the start of fire departments. Like you go back like 200 years. And like guys in fire departments, local fire departments were lighting fires to be heroes in their local fire department. Mm-hmm. 
But nowadays, it's like now you can't get away with that shit because they, there's so much. There's so much in follow-on investigation. Yeah. So now when I read about a guy like rescuing a ca- you know a kid from a burning house, I just seem like. Oh, he's lying. It's that's fake. You could make a lot of money because when you try and stage a video like like anything, you know, it takes a lot more planning than you would think. There's just all these tiny things you got to worry about. So you could actually make some money as a consultant. Like, do you want to do a fake video? Yeah. And uh, well, they could have that video could have been staged multiple times. By the way, there's no way for us to know. Right. They could have shot it many times. I like to talk to the kid actor, the kids. <laughs> and they can't do it when the kids are older because the kids will turn you in like the like balloon guy like you talked about. Yeah. The kids like turn them in because the kids started like trying to tell their fake stories and weren't really good at it. Just get confused. But when you're two, no one's going <laughs> to... They can't talk, right? Uh, no. <laughs> I mean, they can't tell you're, you. Your, your, your knowledge of young children is really shocking. Did you just wrestle a two-year-old recently? Well, they're not going into elaborate descriptions. No, no. If they you. said, like, oh, this happened, mommy told me that, they'd be like, oh, yeah, whatever. He's like, two, he's babbling. <laughs> so it's not like a 10-year-old giving a story. So, yeah, you, you have a great defense. They could have done it many times. And I hate myself, in a way, for just not believing this story that I thought was so heroic in the beginning. Right. Because I love little kids. Little kids, like a little kid pushing a dresser off his brother's, saving his brother's life. It's such an amazing, happy, feel-good story. Let me tell you, Matt. 2016 was a really bad year. <laughs> this was a good way. This was a good way to start 2017. Well, Schaff knows that. He he waited till after the holidays to release this thing. It was time, do you think? Yeah. And then he said he said he hesitated before he put the video out. He really didn't want to do it because he thought they would take a lot of shit, and people would accuse him of faking it. And then he posted all of his TV clips on his Facebook page afterwards. <laughs> Did he hesitate to do that? Also, hey, kids are expensive, man. It pays time for you to pay it back. <laughs> I just decided I'm never gonna, I'm never gonna be hurt again. I'm never gonna trust anything I ever see on the internet ever again. If I don't see it with my own two eyes, I'm not, I'm not going with it anymore. Even then, helpful. even then, shit could be staged. Yeah. So, by the way, maybe he staged it and didn't even tell the wife. And the wife ran in and saw this. Who knows? It's possible. Sinister shit. All right, I love it. Is Madden Covers the Whole Truth segment? It's definitely coming back. Matt, I know when I say the name uh, Caitlyn Jenner to you, two things happen. First, you have uh, your best erection ever. <laughs> Second, uh, you, uh, you wonder how the hell Caitlyn Jenner got so famous. And I wonder, too, and how Caitlyn Jenner was. You knew Caitlyn Jenner when, when Bruce Jenner became a woman. You knew that somehow it was going to involve a lot of making a lot of money. Right. But there are ways that Caitlyn Jenner, Bruce Jenner, whatever you want to call him, is making money now that I never anticipated. And one of those is as a makeup, a makeup, a makeup queen, as a for a, a promo model for Mac Cosmetics, basically. The face of Mac. The face of Mac Cosmetics. Which, by the way, it's one thing that they have. A, I know they they're edgy. Everybody wants to have a tranny on the cover of everything now. I don't know if you saw a nat- I don't know if you got your uh, subscription to uh, National Geographic last month. Yeah. But they had their first ever tranny on the cover of Nat Geo. Well, openly. I'm sure they've had a couple. Uh, I just I have stopped watching when they stopped showing the African topless women. <laughs> it's, I don't know what happened after that, after the, what happened the next 30 years of publication, but that was their first tranny. It was That's a girl, like actually. the one magazine people save for like 50 years for some reason. Yeah, they're not going to save it anymore. They'll put trannies, <laughs> trannies on the cover. They probably killed... Yeah, let's put it this way. They, Na- National Geographic, this, it's such an important thing for publishers now to put trannies on the cover of their magazines that even National Geographic did it knowing it's probably going to cause everybody over the age of 60 who subscribes to their magazine, which has to be a huge demographic for them, to cancel a subscription. Yeah, how does this fit into their theme of sort of natural history and uh, well, like a human anthropology? Well, co- human evolution. By the way, the story was a concocted story. It was about an eight-year-old, eight-year-old boy that the... Uh, 
girl at the mom's lady dressed as a boy or boy living as a girl. It was boy living as a girl at eight years old. So it was kind of the whole thing was kind of sick and sad. Yeah, that was Nat Geo cover. Let's take it flash forward to a 66 year old tranny okay. with huge fucking muscles, big shoulders, <laughs> big hands. Caitlyn Jenner. Of all the things you expected Caitlyn Jenner to make money from as a, a newfound tranny, still with a dick as far as we know. Did you ever think it would be in the superficial realm of beauty products? Well, I don't think uh, Caitlyn has a lot else going for her besides, uh, you know, dressing up in dresses and stuff like a fucking five-year-old kid. Uh, you know, I, I, did she really do anything else besides dress up and well, apply she makeup? Pretends to be, she pretends to be a tranny, a tranny activist. She did, had the E! show got canceled because they just couldn't think of anything else to do with her. Literally, the show got canceled not because the audience was so poor, but because they literally just got in a meeting room and they said... I can't fucking think of anything else. We and they couldn't do. find a non-crazy guy to, to date her. Fuck no, her. They, was, they were trying to like find this young, a young, of course, young black guy to date her. Uh, they tried a bunch of ideas. None of them really panned out very well. And they just said, "Fuck it, we just this is too much work. We can't get this done anymore." Yeah, like like, they, like your your your, your daughter in laws are all doing crazy ass shit for real. You're just a fucking old dude in a old dude with fucking grown out hair and fucking t- tits. You think they approached Ray J for that, and he was just like, "Hell no!" Oh, that'd been awesome. <laughs> like father, like daughter, or some shit like that. Uh, that'd be great. It's getting kind of weird. But here's a weird thing about Caitlyn Jenner. So I understand that they made up all this stuff about how Caitlyn Jenner was a hero and won the Arthur Ashe Courage Award and all the shit you and I disagree with. Right. But I could see the faulty logic premise they at least employed in saying that like becoming a woman and doing this fake tranny activist and stuff was very heroic. And so we should laud Caitlyn Jenner for that. And that's something that I think she was like Outstanding Woman of the Year for Glamour Magazine or things like that. Okay. But the one thing you can't really fake is your looks, is your, superfi- is your superficial looks when it comes down to it. And that's what makeup is all about, right? It's not about your inner beauty. It's not about your activism. It's not about your her- you know, how heroic you are uh, or stands you take. It's about looking pretty, right? Trying to look prettier. And Caitlyn yeah. Jenner, by all measure, is not, it looks like, it looks like Bruce Jenner. It looks like Bruce Jenner. In a fucking wig. So there's nothing pretty about her. So there's like cosmetic girls on the cover of cosmetic ads have always been hot, attractive women. Right. It hasn't been like, you're unattractive, let's put some makeup on you, maybe be less unattractive. But have they had like a 60-year-old, not a trans woman, but just a normal 60-year-old woman? Well, they, they start, in the last few years they started putting older ladies on to show the natural beauty, you know, how ladies are beautiful. Again, cosmetics is all the cover up natural beauty. Right. There is no natural beauty with the sale of cosmetics. It's all based on the fact that you're not naturally beautiful, otherwise you wouldn't need cosmetics. Well, maybe that's why they got the guy that requires the most makeup in of all people in the United States. Well, yeah, had like a face transplant. So who is this ad? Who is this ad for? Other than other trannies who might need several pounds of makeup at sixty six well, to look like people a- who have been mauled by dogs and chimpanzees. And okay, bears. there's there's that. There's those seven people. Um, the lady in Connecticut who got mauled by the chimp that she was taking care of for a friend. Uh, maybe uh, Halloween. Like if you're working on a, a sketch show and you want to like make a, a black guy white, like well, Eddie Murphy did. Or as you did. mentioned in your piece, morticians. Yeah, right. dead people. Because she, like, she looked like she'd been a victim of gang violence. So they tried to make her look better in the fucking lane in an open, for an open casket funeral. I mean, you look like a corpse. I mean, at some point you put enough makeup on and you're older, you're going to look like a corpse. And it look, there's nothing, there's nothing, and of course, we're not, you know, you and I are not the demographic to buy the cosmetics, but we kind of know, we've seen cosmetics ass and seen the pretty models before. Mm-hmm. So we know that this is a very unappealing, a very baseline, superficial, unappealing look. To look at and like no one say like God I want that eyeliner <laughs> like I wish my eyes looked like Bruce's right so isn't the point at this point entirely just politically 
motivated, basically. Yeah, they tied it to a trans-AIDS fund that they have, and I, I think they might actually do some, some legitimate charity work, but that's just because their brand is, you know, being an open, uh, you know, progressive company or whatever. Um, a- I, was thinking, I was thinking about, uh, since we didn't do our year in review show, uh, just because we're too lazy, I was thinking about 2016 and all the stuff we got upset about, like, in terms of progressiveness and, like, the tranny stuff and the women's movement, all the stuff like that, women moving into, you know, taking away the old, old way of doing things. And everything, pretty much everything that pisses off the most was where it took away from, like, what used to be awesome, which is hot girls in magazines looking skinny and having big breasts. Right. Like, all the TV, female nudity on TV or in movies, all the things that as guys we used to like, which are now being, you know, now going away because of this movement right. that like we have that Bruce Jenner has to be pretty that Ashley Graham has to be that the, the fat women have to be the new, the new bodies of real women and stuff like that like you and I don't care that that shit goes on we only care when it starts to impinge upon like our right to see all the hot women we used to see at the venues we used to see them in before yeah like I want my Victoria's Secret catalog to look like it's always looked I don't want it to look like heavy set women anymore if heavy set women want to have their own fashion show that's fine that doesn't bother me at all it's when I. It's when they start taking away my naked girls on Playboy that I get upset. Right, and and just having to listen to the bullshit. Like you walk by a Mac store, and the girl you're with is like, "Oh, Caitlyn Jenner looks yes. so beautiful," and you're like, "Yeah, you know, I know you don't really believe that." So like, why don't we just drop the fucking act? You <laughs> know, why don't you do this thing where she says like, "Caitlyn Jenner looks so beautiful," and you say, "More beautiful than you." <laughs> just really stick it to her I honestly thought Caitlyn Jenner would never get a superficial beauty ad I thought that was like the one thing we'd all agree upon was like you know we could argue whether or not she's a hero or not Bruce is a hero or not for becoming a woman which I don't think so but the uh, the argument or why not uh, she's a hot chick are they going to put her in Playboy now she's going to do the tuck oh, well, she, oh but they're not naked in Playboy anymore no they're naked in Playboy she'd probably get away with that I think she was penthouse I think she was in Playboy she was in some magazine where she was selling a lot of skin in some men's magazine I think the whole thing makes me a little. Oh, so was G, I'm, I'm was supposed GQ, to. I think. I'm supposed to beat off to that now, just because it's politically correct. I don't want to discriminate, right? I, I think the idea. The two two fallacies here. One is that men are ever going to change what they like. It could be a thousand years ago. It could be a thousand years ago. Men are always going to like the same thing. Yeah. And the second is that uh, men are find this attractive. They find Caitlyn Jenner or Ashley Graham as attractive as they do the alternatives, which are the standard hot young girl with big poops and a nice. It body, is mostly. Nice body. It is interesting because you know you got to figure it's mostly women coming up with these ideas or or guys who just know that what they're doing is bullshit. But it's almost like women never are able to understand that they can't change guys, but they no. they just they don't understand. They don't get it. They will no. never get it. Well, speaking of which, Glamour Magazine, I know you follow Lena Dunham. She's on your Google Alerts under sex. Uh, <laughs> Lena Dunham uh, did a cover with the lady of the women of girls, the girls of girls, and she showed off her cellulite on the on the cover of Glamour, which is a big thing. Untu- unretouched cellulite. Cool. And the big thing for Glamour was like they had a big sign on the front cover that says, this issue 100% produced by women. Hmm. I thought like, well, who produced the last issue? <laughs> like, like ninety nine percent women and one gay dude. <laughs> like, yeah, and also by the way, isn't that illegal? Like to say only women can work in our <laughs> magazine. So, well, yeah, I believe so. And yeah, what did they fire their entire staff for this issue? It's such fucking bullshit. So who wrote that article? Which every article is how to please your guy. Oh, stick your finger up his asshole. Oh, okay. Who wrote that? My buddy Dave. Yeah, the same right. article every fucking week. <laughs> yeah. By the way, ask permission before you do that, please, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh, really? Glamour. So glamour. Uh, yeah. The women idea that men are going to change. That the, the idea that you can force people to change genetically, anatomically, evolutionary, like what they enjoy in the course of like 
a couple decades yeah. is, is just ludicrous. You just can't engineer it <laughs> no. through your shitty magazines no one cares no, about. No, all you can do is become Singapore, which is like, I'm going to kill anyone who does, commits any crime. Yeah. If you if you chew gum and spit the gum out, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> Therefore, I've stopped chewing gum in my country. People have decided they no longer like to chew gum. Yeah. Oh, yes, it worked. That's Literally, that's what you have to do is like, if you don't beat off to fucking Caitlyn Jenner, we will fucking kill you. And then dudes will have to beat off to Caitlyn Jenner. That's how that's how extreme it would have to be. And that's never going to happen. So I don't know what the ultimate plan is here. Other than Caitlyn Jenner, because of the women's movement, Caitlyn Jenner gets to make a lot of money for not being qualified at this point. Right place, right time. Exactly. Matt, let me ask you. I want to I wind up here on a topic that is near and dear to your heart. Uh, I know you've gone way over the line sometimes in your comedy mm-hmm. you've covered topics to me to just about every every group every category every gender there's only two genders I think unless you read the Huffington Post uh, so the real ho- the, the, this show on BBC called Revolting it's called Revolting it's on BBC of all things which is still a state subsidized television station by the way in England um it has a, show, a skit show called Revolting. It's kind of like an SNL, only it's actually kind of funny. Uh, and they do take a lot of chance. They take, a, and by the way, they're not conservative or liberal. They're probably liberal leaning actually, because they used to do a show taking on conservatives in the country. Uh-huh. So they did a skit. They have a recurring skit called The Real Housewives of ISIS, which okay. is you saw it. Now it's fu- it's actually fucking funny. Uh, it's a takeoff of the Real Housewives show on Bravo, which are all exactly the same as far as I can tell. There's seven cities now, right? But it's all middle aged, drunk has been divorced women trying to look hot with fake breasts basically just tweeting and talking shit about each other behind their back it's all staged obviously right but it's just like cat middle-aged divorced woman drunken cat fight basically yeah uh and people like it people like children will not talk to you (laughs) your children will not talk to you usually the husband's being arrested for some real estate scandal (laughs) it always seems to be like that it's like on the millionaire like data millionaire shows or whatever the fuck they're called the cat the way they qualify the millionaires are very dubious it's always like guys who flip houses who are leveraged beyond belief. Yeah, well, it's I'm, like I could move to Orlando and buy a fucking nine-bedroom house. I don't think it doesn't right, make me list a it, Then list it for $1.2 million and be on Data Millionaire, right? Yeah. That's about as extent as it is. So anyhow, this Real Housewives of ISIS made fun of the fact, this really serious fact, that uh, women, in, it's happening very, very little in the U.S., but over in Europe it's happening quite a bit where young teenage girls are like sort of on the outskirts, you know, outcast girls, ostracized girls, lonely-ass teenage girls who can't get dates to the prom are going on these uh, online chat rooms and instead of just meeting like old dude predators like they used to do, right, which is fairly safe unless you're on Dateline, uh, they're meeting like jihadi dudes from like Syria and ISIS posing as like cool dudes and like sort of romant, romant, you know, romantically getting involved with them in chat rooms and like talking up how they should leave their families and leave England or France and whatever the case may be and come move to Syria and be like their, their wives in this hot new revolution that's going on. So are they like hinting that they're ISIS supporters or is it kind of out there? No, not, not till there's like a commitment. I don't think it's till there's a commitment. It's like that. You don't say like, I'm ISIS. You want to come visit me? <laughs> it's more like, my name is Muhammad. I'm 27. You know, I wish I, I wish I could find a wife. I'm, my, my religion forbids me from having sex until I find my soulmate and all that kind of shit. And you got some, you know, 17, 18 year old girl who's fucking had a date in her life online going, oh, British guys suck. I wish I could find a guy like this. He really loves me. He's like, he understands my parents are hurtful to me, call me fat or whatever. And they end up, you know, a few months later being brainwashed or talk. It's not hard to brainwash a teenage girl into like traveling to Turkey and to Syria and becoming wise for these ISIS guys, basically. And they want these Western girls because it's a big accomplishment. It shows that they're 
you know, their ideology is winning out. Yeah. They don't need they don't need the women to fight because women aren't even allowed to fight. They're brought over and basically turned into wife slash sex cooking slaves. Right, right. Anyhow, so the show made fun of that. The Real Housewives of ISIS was these women doing the exact same thing like the Real Housewives of Atlanta and Orange County do, except they're in fucking Aleppo. <laughs> and they're like and they're all they're all these women and they're like they're strapped in suicide vests, like comparing how hot their suicide vest is or you wore the same thing, they're tweeting about like you know how their hus- their husband just died in a bu- in a bu- in a bombing or whatever else. They're bitchy. One girl says she got a chain. She got a new chain from her husband Ahmed or whatever for her her birthday. And it's like a six foot chain tied her to the kitchen. <laughs> I feel like it's, it was funny. It's fu- It's a great premise. It's a funny skit premise. It's a funny satirical premise. And of course they did it. I can't believe the BBC allowed it, but they did it. And of course the biggest reaction overall is like, that's not funny. You don't make fun of like either the Islamic stuff or I don't know if you make I guess you can make fun of ISIS but you don't make fun of women who are in this situation or basically go to whether to be raped uh, and my question to you is like is any first of all is that complete and utter bullshit and isn't satire called for in this situation but secondly big globally is any topic really off limits from comedy I don't think it could be because you know everyone's pissed at something, and then there just wouldn't be any comedy, right? Well, there would not be. <laughs> well, you'd still have you know a few. <laughs> there'll be a few comics, or out you there. could just do like Seinfeld type. Yeah, there's still be the still be the, uh, the cruise comic would still be out there telling his jokes about like cruise food, right? But comedy as we know it, like topical sort of satire, I guess would cease to exist. Um, I think people like, this is kind of stuff SNL would do if SNL had balls. But SNL would never do something ripping on Muslims because it's complete, it's too politically incorrect. They do edgy stuff, but it always leans edgy towards, you know, against not just conservatives, but sort of, you know, edgy against red state stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's not going to take, it's not, and they'll make fun of Obama, but they're not going to make fun of Muslim, the religion, which might be seen in this Real Housewives of ISIS because you're making fun of is- Islam, basically. Well, then some idiot's going to pop up and be like, well, we can't have these white actors playing Muslim women in this sketch because only Muslims, uh, like, whatever. Who cares what you're talking about? Um, uh, so you're saying that it's all at risk of going away? Well, no, the whole thing, well, no I don't think it's... It, it is at risk of going away, but I think the whole thing is that, like, the whole point of satire, you move from, like, Lenny Bruce on out, whatever it may be, and making these rough... You know, taking down these holy cows, as it were, and doing things like, okay, these girls are really leaving from England, and they're really going to Syria, and they're really dying, and really being raped and assaulted, and whatever else. Yeah. And that's really sad. But the whole point of satire is not to rub in the sadness and rub in the misery. The whole point of satire is say, this is a fucking such a shitty situation because people are blind to it. So if we bring humor to it, then people will realize that it's a shitty situation and it needs to stop. And maybe some chick who's a teenage outcast will, like, watch this show and realize what a fucking twat she is for even thinking <laughs> going to Syria was a good idea. Yeah. This could actually save lives. And passing laws and all the armies and military shit has never ever stopped teenage girls from doing stupid fucking things. Right. But peer pressure totally has. And social pressure totally has. And being called, being thought, I might be thought of as a ninny, as a fucking twat, is definitely will stop you from doing things when you're a teenage girl. Yeah. So this is actually going to be more effective in stopping chicks from doing this than like passing a law saying this is illegal and you can't you can't go have an ISIS boyfriend. Yeah, I mean, anytime someone draws attention to you, and and I mean, I guess that's that's sort of the highest form of comedy is being funny while while also um, you know making a good point, right? I mean, it's, it takes on the whole point is to take on the sacred cows, right? Those in power, and to say like they're just fucking assholes like the rest of us, All right? And you have to laugh at this situation because it's so horrific. You have to laugh at it because the other option really is for people to just ignore it. Because things are so horrible, people just ignore stuff, and it just goes on forever. So, to me, this is like, 
stuff that we should be praising, but this would never, ever make it to network in, te- in uh, the U.S.? No, it wouldn't. But, you know, you can do a nice little satire of... Uh, of Obama in the Oval Office where he's, you know, ordering drone strikes, which ironically enough has led to the situation more or less in Aleppo. And that's fine. You know, it's, it's, people just have kind of myopic, it's like when the real situation is presented to them, they have a problem with that because they don't want to face reality, you know, so. But that's what, um, I think that's what comedy allows you to do, which is allows you to face reality while laughing. Right. And having some cocktails. <laughs> so it's a lot easier when you, I mean, you look at the history of even like an SNL, which has pulled a lot of punches recently. But you look at the history of SNL, and they've actually brought into the common conversation in this country some real political issues, right? Right. Because people are like, oh, my God, like, you know, we didn't talk about that before. Now we're talking about some horrible, you know, like the Vietnam War, going to war, whatever it may be. And looking at, and there's a whole bunch of people like me that think it's a bad idea. And, yeah. like, it's laughable that these old dudes are putting us to war, getting us to war again. And that's sort of the message. And so I think it is an effective way versus having say a Lena Dunham rant or screed about some progressive issue yeah is to actually do it and, she's, and she thinks she's funny but she's not <laughs> she's not so to actually have like Real Housewives of ISIS actually makes people watch the video some millions of people watch the video or will watch the show and will like actually address this issue of like disaffected teenagers going off to fucking Aleppo yeah, that's why these shows got popular. They were they were you know making real points and and being funny and, and ballsy and that's T- taking uh, on presidents who he, before that were never called into question. Yeah, that's what what comedy is supposed to do. It's subversive, right? And especially the Brits who who love comedy. Yeah, they do. As long as someone's wearing, as long as someone's cross dressing, <laughs> there has to be a cross dresser involved. So there's no topic off limit for you, Matt. I, no, I don't think so. I mean, I think people have told me that there are like. Uh, well, you can't talk about this black thing because you're not black. And it's like, well, that doesn't make any fucking sense, does <laughs> no, it? it doesn't. People like to tell you what you can talk about, but people become very. I just read the comments of like this Real Housewives of ISIS, and the amount of self righteousness people have is just the common person has. And this is not like an aid worker in Aleppo thinking like, oh, it's going to hurt my assistance to the people in Aleppo. Right. This is just people sitting there, like I said, in the trailer watching a lot of TV. The amount of like self righteousness people have, especially in an anonymous comment situation. It's really fucking incredible. Yeah, everyone's, thank you. Everyone's uh, become uh, fucking a hero to themselves. The social somehow. justice warrior phenomenon. Again, this, I think this trait always existed in people, and you saw it. Always, my theory, as you know, is they, you always saw this expressed in organized religion, mm-hmm. and people were always holier than thou in organized religion. They used their organized religion, their power, of their, of their religious affiliation to like be more morally superior than other people. Yeah. And as a religious affiliation has gone away and we've become much more of an agnostic society, they've still felt that need. They've still felt that human need to like feel better than other people. They've had to find other ways to do it. So you write on, you go online and write comments about how people are horrible moms or how this comedy isn't funny or how you're a racist or how this joke isn't funny because it, it offends all these people. Yeah. We go down to the soup kitchen, you know? Used yeah. to just say, used to just say Jesus doesn't, doesn't, Jesus would like that, right? Which is fine with me because it's easy to ignore that. Yes. You know? It was better when there were people who just say, like, Jesus hates you. Yeah. That was a lot easier. You're like, oh, right, okay. You know, that doesn't bother me. Fuck him then. But 37 lousy comments about I'm a horrible parrot, that could really stick, <laughs> that could really stick you after a while. Yeah. All right, Matt, you have something you wish to pip and promote on the show? Uh, yeah. I know uh, you do. Give, it, give us something good. Go to mattralston.net where you can... Uh, I have a plan to win the professional dart championship. Um, 
Are you any good at darts? Because, by the way, people are pretty good at darts. No, I'm not. But in their rule book, they don't specify that you can't get a running start and jump across the line. And uh, Are I, you going to do that drunk with a dart in your hand? Yeah, I long jumped. I'm not going to be there. I'm I long jumped in high there. school. The line's about, I can't remember now, eight feet. So, uh, you know, all you got to do is uh, jump behind the line and essentially dunk the dart onto the board. Let me ask you it's a question. It's all explained. I think it's one of your better ideas. <laughs> uh, but let me ask you a question. Do you feel you're as physically, your prowess, physical prowess is the same as you were in high school? As in high school? No, but I only got to jump like six feet because my <laughs> arm's pretty long. You give, me, you give yourself a one-third discount. <laughs> I might go halfsy on that and, and maybe off by 20 degrees. Well, I'm also going to recruit uh, my buddy that plays football for uh, Fullerton. You know, he can jump. Relatively speaking, this is one of your better ideas. It's a great idea. I would like to uh, give a shout out to Rocco's in Studio City. Rocco's, uh, everyone here who came to Rocco's today, thank you very much. I appreciate that. You guys are awesome. Back to Rocco's 2017 Company Drinks. Stay for the 17 televisions. Oh, uh, and also, Brian is doing a show on Sunday at Bar One. That's in the Valley at 8.30. And I'm doing stand-up. And Brian's performing. So if anyone lives in the L.A. area... Uh, well, you're doing stand-up and Brian's performing at the same time? No, yeah, oh, not okay. simultaneously. That'd be, that'd be amazing. How do they, are you on... Uh, well, just hit me up on Twitter. Yeah, hit, hit up Matthew Matt, Ralston. Hit up Matt Ralston on Twitter. Uh, Brian, that's awesome. We're gonna, uh, uh, bar one, I love that. Uh, I'm definitely going to that. This is not, Matt, where you're going to do your dart thing, is it? Because I'm not, not, showing, up for that, <laughs> not showing up for that shit without body armor on. Uh, for Lex, this is Last Minute Earth. Talk to you next week.